Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to RSI Help Radio. I'm Deborah Quilter and RSI Help Radio is dedicated to bringing you the latest news and information about repetitive strain injury. We all know that RSI can be debilitating and it's almost impossible to find a job where you don't have to use your hands repetitively. In fact, the most common question I get over my website is, Dear Ms. Quilter, what job can I do now that I can't use my hands anymore? So this is the time where you really have to start thinking outside the box and looking for careers that aren't hand-intensive. You need to look at all of your talents and all the things that you can do. So have people been telling you what a great voice you have all your life? What about voiceovers? And if you don't know what that is, it refers to any time you hear a voice but you don't see the person speaking. There are voiceover jobs in television and radio advertising, audio books and movies and video games and animations. So here, to tell us about creating a new career as a voiceover artist, I have invited one of the best people in New York City, the brilliant teacher and casting director, Andy Roth. So welcome to the show, Andy. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I just couldn't wait for this. I'm just so excited. Uh, For the listeners out there, I actually took his class, and it was one of the most interesting things I've ever done. But I'm not going to talk about me. I want to hear about him. Um, So, Well, you were were great, by the way. (laughs) Well, 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 we'll we'll just uh, thank you. Um, Before we start talking about how people can get into professional voiceovers, how did you get started in this business, Andy? Uh, it's it's a long story, but it's fairly simple. Um, I actually was hired uh, through a connection and a friend uh, in 1994 to be an assistant at a talent agency, which was called CED at the time. Now it's called CESD. They're one of the biggest commercial um, agencies in the country. They also do legit as well. And uh, after being an assistant there for several years, I got promoted. I became their in-house booth director and until 2006 ran or oversaw pretty much every audition that came out of that office. Um, 2006, I broke off on my own, and since then I've been working with many of my own clients and with uh, most of the major casting houses in the city. And what attracted you to voiceover casting as opposed to other areas that you could have been doing? Well, voiceover, of all the branches of this business that I've worked in, which at this point is most of them, voiceover mm-hmm. tends to be the friendliest. I mean, I find that across the board, this does seem to be a fairly friendly industry, but mm-hmm. voiceover is the industry where I consistently am seeing people genuinely happy for you when you book a job that they were also up for. Um, it's a bulk business, so it's not like you know there there aren't a lot of opportunities to be the new x-man <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's a bulk business it's continual work and you tend to see a lot of the same people and it's a very there's a lot of camaraderie um it's rare that i walk into a tense waiting room oh yeah that's usually, really nice to hear Usually I walk out and there's laughing going on, there's reminiscing, there's baby pictures, dog pictures, people bring their pets. Um, really? It just, yeah, it tends to be 
of, like I said, of all the branches of this business I've worked in, the most positive. It's a great energy, and I like that. Why would you want to be in anything that's not that? <laughs> but you like that, but that begs the question of why you don't do voiceovers. I mean, why would you be a casting director rather than do it yourself? Uh, <laughs> well, People love to say this to actors. People love to say, if you can at all imagine yourself doing something else for a living, by all means do it. I mean, everyone who goes into acting is going to hear that. And I agree with it, but I think it applies to absolutely everything. If you don't want to be a surgeon, please do not be a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the craft of acting. Um, I love the people who do it. It's an environment I like. It's just the actual process of doing it myself is not where my heart lies. I really enjoy my end of the um, of the relationship. I enjoy that human connection of working with people to let them be their best in a particular context. Um, I like my creativity as opposed to their creativity. Would really That's be a it. really good point, yeah. Yeah, I guess the same thing that attracts people to acting is the same impulse that attracted me toward casting. Huh. So if somebody wants to break in and, you know, let's say they're not an actor, Mm -hmm. is it possible for someone who's never been an actor to have a successful career as a voiceover artist? Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, first of all, I I do want to, clarify a little bit, a voiceover artist is an actor. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are very few actors that really absolutely do everything. Movies, stage, audiobooks, cartoons, commercials. Um, most actors don't do everything. Most actors do what they do. Voiceover acting is acting. But there are a lot of people that come into it without any formal actor training um, in terms of stage voice, uh, speech classes, uh, stage combat. There are people that do come into it strictly from a voiceover standpoint and do very well. So not considering yourself an actor or not feeling like you have training does not necessarily make you bad at this. Sometimes it actually even makes you better. You know, I have been listening to people doing voiceovers ever since I first met you. And there's somebody on who does a commercial for New York One, and he sounds kind of, he mispronounces words. He sounds like someone, you know, that you would talk to on the street who just, right. you know, they haven't been to college maybe. So mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. a highly skilled voice or anything. And yet he got that job. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. You know, there's room for all kinds of voices. I mean, there's, I mean, people who don't even have pleasant voices. Um, I'm thinking of a very famous lawyer who does his own mm-hmm. voice. Um, and yet, they succeed. So maybe this should give us all hope that there's room for our voice if we want to oh, try this. Absolutely. Voiceover is actually not so much about the voice. Um, really? A voice will be right for a spot or a commercial or a cartoon or you know a tv show or something a voice will be right for it or it won't there are some people out there some comedians especially with some very strange voices that are doing really well and there are people with this more traditional 
kind of resonant uh, strength voice that are doing very well. What voiceover is really about is your personality that comes out through your voice. Um, if we get who you are as a person, like what you just described of this other person, it feels like a regular guy that you would talk to on mm-hmm. the street, somebody who maybe ha- You've even come up with a whole life for this person that may or may not be 100% accurate. But the fact that that is what resonates with you, the who they are, rather than what they sound like, is really what voiceover is about. So your voice, it's a genetic thing. It'll mean you're right for some stuff and not right for other things. But within the context of what you're right for, it's personality more than anything else. Um, I do run into a lot of people that get into voiceover because they're told, oh, you have a great voice and you should do voiceover. And they may have a great voice. But Mm -hmm. if I don't get who they are, they're not going to move forward in this business. It's really, if you have a personality and you can let it out, then you can actually go far. So it's sort of like the more yourself you are, the better you're going to do? Yep. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well said. You've obviously done this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I personally believe in really being true to yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. that's sort of my philosophy. If I don't want to do something, if I don't like it, I'm not going to be there. I just, you know, life is too short. Um, yep. But anyway, what what do you think, if somebody's thinking about this, what are some of the questions they could ask themselves? And after they've answered that, how do they start? What's uh-huh. the first? Okay. Um, well, if you're thinking about voiceover, the questions that I would urge you to ask yourself would be, am I doing it just because I can't do something else? Am I doing it for easy money? Um these are not the right priorities. Voiceover is an art, and if you're doing it because it interests you, because you want to do it, um, because you enjoy the work and the environment and the people, that's really the right reason to do it. Um, pursue it because it's emotionally pleasing. It's emotionally mm-hmm. profitable. Uh, if that is your criteria and that's why you do it, often money follows. If it's am i doing i'm doing this because somebody said i have a great voice and i can do it one or two hours a month and make a million dollars then this probably is not the profession for you um everyone even the people who work right away sometimes you go through dry periods you mm-hmm. have to and you have to enjoy it for the sake for its own sake um and if that's the case then I would definitely say take it to the next level. If you even think you might enjoy it because it seems like an interesting thing to do, then proceed to the next level. Um, In this business, as far as the next part of your question, in this business, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. If I've Mm -hmm. called somebody into audition for something, it's because I feel like I know them. Yeah, of course, their voice fits, and yes, I know they can do the job, but a lot of people can do that. If I've brought them in, it's because I feel like I know them. I know what they bring to the table as a person. It's not because they know me. It's because I know them. And the best way, if you don't have an agent, if you're not out there already, for people to know you um, is to take a class, is to take a seminar. Some of them are very inexpensive. I would recommend 
a a one-time class to start. Um, I would thoroughly vet any teacher you're working with, talk to friends who've done it, reach out. Um, But find an inexpensive one-night class in your area of somebody hopefully in the business, Um, and then see if you click. See, A, if you're still interested in it. B, if you click with this particular teacher before you move on. If you love the industry and being in front of the microphone and reading a script, but don't click with a teacher, well, find another teacher. Um, But that's what I would say. Everyone you know is another opportunity that you could have in this business. Um, Did I answer your question? (laughs) You certainly did, yeah. And I kind of love the idea of um, this whole idea of loving what you do and what you said before about emotional profitability. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a phrase I think people really really ought to give some heavy consideration to if they're thinking about changing a career. Do yeah. Is this emotionally fulfilling to me? Do I love it even when I'm falling flat on my face? I mean, I think, I mean, my attitude about, because I think, you know, you kind of get nervous about, oh, what if I stumble on a word or, you know, uh, mispronounce something. But the the mistakes are my best teachers. Uh, right. I mean, it's almost like I'm dying to fall down. Well, not that, you know, but I mean, it's fun to sort of just not worry about failing. Mm-hmm. And um, you said something, would you repeat it, um, the puppy analogy when you're going to the pound? Could you oh, tell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in this business, I mean, 22 years I've been in this business. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people not book a job. If I'm calling 30 people in, for one role, I'm about to see 29 people not book a job. But what I've never seen is I've never seen anybody fail, and I've never seen anybody get rejected. Um, not booking a job is neither of those things. It is like adopting a puppy. Uh, you go there, and there's a whole bunch of puppies, and they're all painfully cute, and they're all really sweet. But there's one that's just going to be your puppy. Maybe <laughs> can't even explain why. It's just the right connection. Well, I mean, have you rejected all the other puppies? Not in my opinion. You probably are actually kind of upset that you can't take them all home. You're probably telling your friends, oh, you should adopt a puppy. This place has amazing puppies. You should go back there. You're probably even referring this place and these puppies to other people who are looking for a puppy. Um, I mean, you found yours. So Mm -hmm. it's not rejection and it's not failure. Failure rarely happens. Not booking a job comes with the territory, but failure and rejection rarely happen. Rejection takes a lot of thought and a lot of effort, and we just don't we don't do that. We don't think like that. And casting directors, for the most part, don't even make the final decision anyway. We can have some influence, but mm. it's rare that somebody will say to me, oh, I don't care, just book who you want. Um, huh. Yeah, they'll make a decision later, but I don't reject people. So so let's say you've you've exposed yourself, you've taken a class or two or maybe a week-long workshop. When are you ready to go out and auditions, and how does that process work? I mean, how do you decide, I'm ready to go? Does your casting director tell you? Does your coach tell you? Do you just figure, I'm going to plunge in? Um, you're, see, the beauty of voiceover is that it runs such a gamut. Um, they're for everything from the one line piece of copy, the tagline, to the 
animated series to the movie. Um, you're ready when you feel you're ready. Um, as soon as you stop saying, oh, I don't know enough, I'm new to this, I don't think I'm mm-hmm. going to do a good job, other people know more than me, as soon as your attitude gets rid of that other stuff, then mm-hmm. you're ready. Um, the rest of it will be opportunities that are provided, and the opportunities will be appropriate to what we feel your ability is. If I read a, a piece of commercial copy and think, oh, somebody's absolutely perfect for this, mm-hmm. I'm right. <laughs> you know, I'll call them in and I know that they'll do a great job. Um, where it becomes an issue is if people think ready is I can do absolutely anything all the time. That would be, mm-hmm. you know, even doctors specialize. Yeah. Heart surgeons yeah. are not ready to do brain surgery. You don't wait to become a doctor until you can do absolutely everything perfectly. You know, you do what you do, and then things grow from there, and you learn from there. So I guess uh, it's a long-winded way of saying <laughs> you know you're ready when you stop thinking you're not. So then let's say you're ready to go. You want to take a stab at this. Do you need an agent? And what about the unions? Do you have to be in SAG or AFTRA? Uh, well, an agent doesn't hurt. But, um, no, you absolutely don't. I mean, nobody's born with an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, agents will get the first call because there are certain things in place and there's a simplicity to it. I can call one agent and give five times. Um, but pretty much anyone who does what I do will tell you, you are really limiting yourself if you don't reach out beyond that. Um, This is a human-based business. Humans change. Humans get older. Voices change. Categories change. People start making a ton of money, and suddenly they're in a different price bracket. Um, Somebody (laughs) books a big job and is now being paid to not do a compete. Somebody books a fast food project and now they're being paid to not do any competing fast food project. Well, I need to know the equivalent of that person that can do this other thing. Um, it, you, absolutely, you have to work a little bit harder, meaning you have to, only meaning you have to put yourself out there a little more in the class environment and the things like that, but mm-hmm. absolutely not. And a lot of agents come after somebody has been working for a long time without an agent. Mm-hmm. You know, there are even times when a casting director will make a call for somebody. I mean, I've had people come in and they read and they're great and I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, you need an agent. I got to call somebody for you. It's not a guarantee wow. they'll find, but they'll get a meeting. So no, you don't. You, you know, you don't need an agent. Again, it doesn't hurt. It's nice for you to to be able to be good cops so an agent can jump in and, you know, be the bad cop saying, "No, we need more money." This, you know, things like that. Um but it's not the end-all, be-all. You can move forward without it. And as far as the unions go, um, again, it's nice to have a union that's got your back. It's SAG-AFTRA is the voiceover mm-hmm. union, not, not equity. Um, but there is a lot of non-union work out there, and some mm-hmm. of it pays pretty well. There are actually some very high-profile companies, names that I, I won't mention right now, um, that prefer non-union for certain things, especially with where the industry is now with Internet and new media and new 
outlets arising. Um, some people are a little afraid of complications and prefer non-union. Right now, it's pretty evenly split. But what I would say mm-hmm. is joining the union is a great thing. You definitely want to do it. It's great to have somebody who's got your back. They're a powerful union. Um, but you want to join when you have a need to join. You want to mm-hmm. book the spot that requires you to join the union. You don't want to just seek ways to just get into the union. And in the meantime, the non-union stuff is a great way to actually just, you know, keep working, keep improving, get more comfortable with the studios, more comfortable with the people in the business. So well, You talked a little bit about money earlier. Can you give mm-hmm. us a range? I mean, people actually do make their living a pretty good living. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, not that every paycheck is a gold mine, but um, it does, voiceover does tend to have the highest hourly pay rate of any branch of this industry. I mean, yes, if you do a movie, you're going to make a much bigger paycheck, but you're also going to live in Alaska for four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. A voiceover is going to record probably in the city or even in your home uh, for an hour and a half, two hours per spot sometimes even less, um, it pays pretty well. Uh, if you're talking non-union, the range goes a little bigger. It can be as low as 200 depending on the terms, and I've seen it as high as 7500 um, I know people that have booked really big spots for saying two words and gotten a mm. really big paycheck from that. Wow. Um, yeah, and then if you're talking residual, if you're talking union, then you're talking residuals, or a lot of people in the business call it the mailbox money. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you go in, you do your job, you get a session fee that may not be a huge check in and of itself. It could be three, $400. But then as the spot runs, they're paying you residuals. Checks are showing up in your mailbox, or you're, you know, going to your agent to pick them up, and you make your money over time. That's kind of nice, too, because even, you know, if you get your month, two months, three months, a year maybe even where you really don't book a lot, mm-hmm. you can still have those spots running and still be making money from voiceover. Wow. It yeah. sounds like a really wonderful thing, but I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, personally, I just thought it was so much fun. But <laughs> what, what makes, uh, I mean, is there anybody who has a perfect voice for this, or what determines the perfect voice? Um, everybody has a perfect voice. It's not about the voice. Everybody's got a perfect voice for something. Um, I've seen, I've heard people that are sure, case in point, I have a student um, that had been studying with me, and uh, this person was told because of her voice quality, they'll never be able to move forward as a performer. You know, there's too much Mm. rasp, there's too much vocal fry. And then this person's in a voiceover class, and suddenly everybody, every agent, every casting director that has come in as a guest, myself, we're all thinking, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> you know, wow. There's not, there, there's not a ton of you. Um, and since then, this person has actually been pretty busy auditioning. Wow. Uh, yeah, so is there a perfect voice? Any voice? that you allow to carry your personality is perfect. 
There's nobody so that's right or absolutely just, hmm? Yeah, but, but if you're just you and people know that they can rely on you to be you and and do what you do, then yeah. you almost can't fail in a sense, in a big right. sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, people say failure is not an option. It's actually in voiceover, failure is not a possibility. <laughs> you know, what a, makes somebody, um, huh? what, what, I mean, but if, let's say you've got some really experienced, wonderful voiceover artists, and they're all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a quality that would make one of them stand out? You mean if you're talking about a bunch of people that have been booking and have been in the mm-hmm. business? really know what they're doing. Or people uh, just showing up at an audition. Right. Um, the standout thing would have to be contextual because you'll get a bunch of veterans, as we call them, um, mm-hmm. that come in that have been doing this. They all know what they're doing. They're all confident. They all bring their personality to it. Well, on one particular spot, one person's personality stands out. You take the same group of veteran voice actors bring them in for another spot, bring them in for a cartoon, bring them in for a dub of, you know, they're redoing a celebrity voice or something. They're going to bring the same skills, the same ability, the same confidence, the same comfort, but somebody else's personality is going to stand out. It's really up to somebody else. All you can do is totally and fully be yourself and allow yourself to stand out. The rest of it is how people receive it and what they do with it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I'm actually thinking of something else, and maybe this doesn't apply. Mm, But how about being easy to work with? Oh, well, that's always. (laughs) You know, Um, like just being genuinely, you know, sort of accommodating and friendly and willing to play, you know, just be easy. Oh, yeah. No, that being easy is is key. I need to know when I call you in, we're going to work together. Um, people who come in thinking that it's their job to give me the ultimate perfect final product right mm-hmm. from the get-go tend to not do very well. Your job is to come in and be you and know that no matter what you do, most of the time I'm going to ask you to do some other version of it. That's just our relationship. Um, the easier you are to work with, being on time, um, listening to what I have to say, knowing that if you don't understand what I'm asking for, you're comfortable enough to ask me to clarify. Um, being able to play with it, make your choices, know that you're right. Know that this is a team effort, you and me. Mm-hmm. That's how I define easy. Just let me get mm-hmm. you. If I get you, I know what to do with you. Those people tend to get more auditions. Because um, I'm thinking, so, you know, in any field you've got divas. Uh-huh. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. And I was thinking, if, you know, if I were a casting director, which I'm not, but if I were, I probably would choose someone who was good, reliable, mm-hmm. and easy to work with over someone who might be good but difficult. Would I have the option? Yeah. <laughs> um, every once in a while somebody is just so ingrained in this business and they may have that little bit of a diva quality or it's a celebrity most mm-hmm. celebrities that I work with are actually really great, but once in a while you run into your divas or your devos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's something you deal with, and part of my job is to learn to connect with them on their own terms to make us friends. But 
that being what you said, um, that things being, uh, talking about what you said, um, yes, I'd rather work with people I'd rather work with. I tell people to think of it as just a personal friendship or a date relationship. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want to go on a date with somebody who really so desperately wants that date to work that they're nervous and awkward. You don't <laughs> want to. You don't want to go on a date with somebody that's so cocky and arrogant they don't care if you're there. They're just there to listen to themselves. You want to go on a date with somebody who's just going to be on that date, who's going to be themselves, and um, that's how you two are going to connect. I think of it as be the person you would want to be on a date with. Well, Andy, you know, I think you're a brilliant casting director, but I also think you'd be really brilliant at matchmaking. I think maybe you ought to start another business on how to date, you know, give sure. people dating advice. But sure, I was wondering what I was going to do with all this extra free time that I have. <laughs> um, gosh, I wish I could talk with you all day. We're just about yeah. out of time. But um, could you tell us, if people want to take your classes, which I highly recommend, oh, where you. can they find you? Uh, well, I teach around the city. Um, I do have a website. Uh, voiceoverclass.com. Okay. Yeah, you know, which I actually cannot believe I got that domain, but I guess the universe smiled on me for that one. Um, it's voice www obviously dot voiceoverclass.com, uh, and I I keep it pretty updated as far as where I'm teaching, when I'm teaching. Um, I put links to any class I'm doing. Um, I have a few regular mm-hmm. gigs. Um, I've also got a few multi-week classes coming up, but all that information is on the site. I do recommend whether somebody wants to work with me or work with somebody else. Uh, I do usually recommend, unless you're 100% sure, take the simplest, smallest class first. You want to know who you're working with, because even in a teacher relationship, I believe it's a partnership. Yeah. You 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 want to be able to trust the person who's working with you. My thinking, you want to work with somebody who's not afraid to be wrong occasionally. Mm-hmm. Not somebody who's good. wrong all the time. Good, <laughs> but, good you know, you want to be somebody who's, you know, who you can click with and who's open to you, not necessarily beholden to a technique that they have to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, take a class. Take the simplest yeah. class you can take and get a vibe for the relationship. Well, thank you so much for your great advice. Thank you for coming onto the show, Andy. And if any of you have questions for Andy, email me at Blog Talk Radio, and I will have Andy back on the show to answer them. Thanks, all of you, for listening to the show. And remember to follow this show so that you'll be notified of new episodes. You can just click on the link. So until next time, this is Deborah Quilter signing off from RSI Help Radio in New York City. Bye for now.